your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, the Iowa Hawkeye expert here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm excited to give you this Tuesday morning episode. Obviously, if you haven't had a chance to, you got to check out our episode we did with LaShawn Daniels, former Iowa Hawkeye running back. We broke down the win over Iowa State with him. Basically, a, an instant reaction, talking to him about what was going on in that game. We touched on a lot of different subjects. On today's show, we're going to be breaking down the analytics of that game. What have we learned about this Iowa football team to this point? What do we know about Spencer Petras? Honestly, the answer might surprise you. We're going to be breaking down offense, defense, and getting into, is Iowa the best team in the Big Ten Conference right now? The answer is yes. Ranked in the top five, it is going to be a special year, hopefully. We're going to talk about all that on the show today. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about the Locked On Big Ten podcast because there is simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. And like I said, we're going to touch on a lot of different subjects today, mostly covering what happened in this Iowa-Iowa State game. Stay tuned for the rest of this week, though. Tomorrow, we're breaking down Kirk Barron's press conference, talking a little bit more about the big Iowa commit we got from a basketball perspective. Josh Dix, the number one in-state recruit, signing with or committing to the University of Iowa, which is a big-time get for Fran McCaffrey. We're going to talk about that and what it means for this recruiting class on tomorrow's episode. I just want to make sure we're we break down the Iowa State game before moving on. Um, so Josh Dix does commit to the University of Iowa, which is awesome. We're going to talk about all that on tomorrow's show. I also want to apologize. I am dealing with a respiratory virus. It is not COVID. I got tested. Um, but if I have to mute and cough and you hear kind of a blank silence, or if you're watching on the YouTube channel, which you can do for free Monday through Friday uh, and Saturday and Sunday, I guess, if you want to listen to the episodes then, um, I apologize. But I am trying to get through. Um, and I want to do it for you all because this show is going to be awesome. So. Let's get into it. Um, as you all know, I like breaking down the analytics of things. I think when you look at the game film and you look at the analytics, it helps tell you, tell a better picture of what's kind of happening um, in the game flow. Before we get to the analytics, though, I want to quickly touch on the fact of that last drive of the first half for Iowa State. I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about Phil Parker and how he they hate the prevent defense. The prevent defense is ridiculous, and, and we should have never let Iowa State score. You're absolutely right. It is ridiculous that Iowa State scored. We also need to give credit to Iowa State. They had a really nice drive there. Brock Purdy made some really good throws. And I went back and looked at the tape because I was wondering, I was like, what is this prevent prevent defense we're talking about? I think it's easy to assume Iowa was in a prevent defense and they allowed those chunk yards. But when you look at each play, here's what happened. Play one, a swing pass the running back. They get four yards. Play two, the D-line gets a lot of pressure but they do a little short out route with the running back or basically an in route, I guess, with the running back. And it looked like he might've been identified as a blocker, but also that Jack Campbell and Seth Benson both were in the same zone. They both headed to the same spot, which left Jack Campbell out of position and Brees Hall to get the ball. The big gain for Brees Hall. Play three, a quick out to Charlie Kohler. I believe it's Charlie Kohler. Hankins playing slightly off, but they usually do that. Watch any time I was on defense. For the most part, one of the corners is backing off between 8 and 10 yards. I've seen Riley Moss back off 12 to 15 yards a time, even when it's not a an opportunity for a big play. Two-yard pass, that's good. Play four. A couple things about this play, and that's the play I think people are most upset about. 
when you look at that play, here's what happened. You have the tight end running a drag route. Dane Belton and Kayvon Merriweather attacked up on the tight end running the drag route. That leaves Riley Moss on the left side with two guys coming at him. Rightfully so, he takes the guy going deep. The second guy does a deep in, all right? At that point, Jack Kerner is also on one guy back. To me, it looked like they were playing a little bit of a cover too because Matt, you know, Matt Hankins was playing up for some reason at that cornerback spot. He took the running back on the backside, which left their vulnerable area. Jack Kerner has that wide receiver on the right side of the field. He notices that the ball looks like Brock Purdy is going to throw it to the guy underneath that Riley Moss was not able to cover because he had the other guy going deep. And Jack Campbell and Seth Benson maybe just slightly up a little bit too much. They were they thought they're able to get their hands on it. And then the worst part about this, Jack Kerner overcorrects, tries running towards the wide receiver, and takes an interesting route. Maybe not the angle that I would normally suggest, I guess. Um, but I'm not going to sit there and question. He's a fantastic safety for us. But Jack Kerner takes an Kerner takes an interesting route and falls down. That all happened in one play. Okay, we had a couple guys that looked like maybe some miscommunication. Obviously, with that falling down, Iowa's not playing prevent defense. They just struggled on that one drive significantly. And the fact they were doing the hurry up consistently does make it difficult to get those calls into the defense to know what is happening. And Brock Purdy made a phenomenal throw to him. So credit to him. They were not playing prevent defense. Iowa's defense just got handled there pretty mightily, which it happens. Um, moving on to the defense from an uh, analytical perspective, a couple things I want to talk about. Coverage grade. Through two games, Iowa's third best in the nation. So when you talk about you know, playing the prevent and whatnot, Iowa's coverage has actually been pretty phenomenal. The struggling part is their pass rush and their tackling. Their tackling is 14th worst in the nation right now. All that, they have the 28th best defense. Best defense. They still have a little bit of work to do in the rush defense. They still have a little bit of work to do from a pass rush perspective. Although in this game, they did get a lot of pressure, even though Brock Purdy did have a lot of time. So it's kind of a, a mix of Brock Purdy having plenty of time and Iowa's coverage being so good that the pass rush eventually got there. When we look at the pass rush, uh, Joe Evans was a huge part of that. Joe Evans only got, I believe, eight or nine snaps in the first game against Indiana. In this game, 37 snaps, nine pressures on 37 snaps, one sack, three hits, one batted down ball. Zach and Valkenberg right behind him at six pressures, despite literally being held onto the entire time. I felt like they could have called a they could have called a holding call on Zach and Valkenberg or against the offensive lineman handling Zach and Valkenberg on almost every single play. Again, Iowa gets 29 pressures. That's less about the pass rush and more about the coverage. Typically, a good pass rush makes a good cover or a coverage look good. A good coverage can also allow the pass rush to look good as well. If you have four seconds to get to the pass rusher. Any halfway average defensive line will make that happen. Now, speaking of that defensive line, why Black was thought to be the starter, he has really struggled. On tape, he is not showing up. And in the analytics department, he has been graded out as one of the worst defensive linemen on our team. Against Indiana or against Iowa State, a 39.7 grade. So to give you some concepts, 50 is average. Anything above that's above average. Anything below that's below average. You ideally want to be really in that 60 to 70 range or above. 39.7, the worst on the team. He was on the field for 25 snaps. His snaps are getting taken away by Logan Lee, who is performing better than YA Black. Now, again, 
We've also faced a really good offensive line. Iowa State's offensive line is one of the best in the country. We finally get some cupcakes coming up, so hopefully this defensive line can begin to figure it out a little bit more because we're not seeing it from some of the guys as much as we are from the other guys. Now, the linebacker spot. I thought the linebackers played altogether outstandingly, but one of the things we're noticing is some missed tackles. A couple times they blew into the gap. They missed a, an arm tackle against Brees Hall. That's going to happen. Brees Hall is a fantastic running back. He is going to make people miss tackles. 13 missed tackles, though, combined between the entire team. Jack had three. Seth had two. In coverage, Jack was targeted seven times, allowed seven catches. Now, that's going to happen when you have the zone and you have basically PFS if it's looking at it and saying, where who is the guy in that zone? It can be a little bit difficult. Obviously, Iowa's a bend but don't break defense. I don't look too much into that. But it is worth noting if this continues to be a trend. Seth really graded out poorly simply because his tackling was so bad, missing two tackles in that game. But a huge part of it was not just the tackling. And then Justin Jacobs, this is a guy who I'm really excited about. We're seeing his potential kind of shine. In 29 snaps, he was targeted twice, allowed one catch. But that one catch he didn't allow, the, the pass breakup, was phenomenal coverage. Really enjoyed that. 16 of his 18 passing snaps were in coverage. So only two of his snaps he was actually rushing when they were in pass when they're passing down versus Seth and Jack were rushing a bit more. So using Justin in coverage. And what we noticed was when Iowa went to a 4-2-5 look, especially in third down and big passing downs, they were bringing Justin in, which I thought was really fun to see as well, seeing what way you can get him on the field to make this pass defense even better in some of those sub packages. So I'm really excited about that. That's kind of what we noticed. From the analytics perspective and the defensive side of the ball, on coming up on segment two, we're going to get into the offensive side of the ball and what those analytics said, especially talking about Spencer Petras, as you know, we have to do. I do want to tell you, though, about prize picks. College Fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So, you know, Big Ten Ben Stevens and I did two weeks ago with Indiana. We were helping you pick out your props for Prize Picks. All of your users that deposit and use our your promo code will receive a one. 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. We're still working working on that you know, promo code, so be on the lookout for that. I'll give that to you once we get that. Begin. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, or just go online. Entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. And I also want to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home. Why don't you save some money in your pocket and save yourself some time? I went to rockauto.com and I bought two engineer filters. It took me five minutes to go through the remarkably easy-to-navigate website. I saved $50 by going to rockauto.com as opposed to going to the brick-and-mortar store. And again, all in five minutes and delivered directly to my door. Why wouldn't you go to rockauto.com for any of your auto part needs? So again, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Com. And let's get into it. offense. What happened on the offensive side of the ball? Again, a lot of people are very upset about how this offense played. I'm here to tell you it happens. I think the biggest thing we need to realize is that Kirk Ferentz plays the game he needs to to win the game. Their defense, the Iowa Hawkeye defense, is doing a phenomenal job. The Iowa Hawkeye offense just needed to not turn the ball over and get points where possible. Yes, there's a lot of things to improve. Spencer Petrus needs better pocket awareness, needs to throw the ball away on third down. The wide receivers are not getting as much separation as we would hope. We're playing two great secondaries. Indiana and Iowa State have two of the best secondaries in the nation. Pass blocking has been a struggle. They are grading out as one of the worst pass blocking units in the country. That's not good. Okay? And on top of that, we're struggling with drops. To this date, four drops have been credited to Iowa receivers. I would argue it's somewhere actually between four and eight. They don't always count. Some of the, the harder hits and stuff, they're not counting those drops. But four drops are two games. Spencer Petrus's adjusted completion percentage, if you'd count those drops as catches, is around 62.5%. He has not turned the ball over yet. He has only one turnover-worthy play to this point. Remember last year, throws the ball 50 times against Purdue Northwestern, turns the ball over, we lose the game. Doesn't turn the ball over against Iowa State, we win the game. To this point, he has only played Power 5 schools. And he's gone 8-2. and two. Yes, it is not pretty. Yes, there is, there is so much more to be desired. But you've got to look at some of the positives that we're seeing. That ball to Charlie Jones, one of the prettiest passes I've seen in quite some time. That ball had one place it could go where Charlie Jones could catch it and we were going to score. One place. And he made that throw. That's the game. Right? You get 14 points. Iowa State doesn't score after that, obviously that drive, but they get to 14-10. Iowa State doesn't score again until late in the fourth quarter. That's a huge throw by Spencer Petrus. Now, I'm really interested to see how he can build his confidence up going into these two cup cupcake games. I don't want these to be just gimmies, right? We do need to take these seriously. But I would love to see Spencer Petras light it up and have a big day and get the wide receivers more involved in the game. And again, going forward, we're not going to see a defense like Iowa State or Indiana's till Wisconsin's. Penn State's looked all right. But for the most part, we're not seeing a defense like that until we get to Wisconsin's. Iowa's offense is going to improve. We're also missing Kyler Schott a top 10 guard of the nation. We are breaking in several new offensive linemen. Mason Richmond, Nick DeJong, Jack Plum's out there. Connor Colby's playing. Cody Ince is still working. You know, he hasn't had a ton of snaps. Justin Britt. All these guys are new in the rotation. It will take some time. And we went up against two of the tougher tests we have, and we passed. Now let's get into some of those snap counts, though. Pass blocking-wise, against Iowa State, Connor Colby had a fantastic day. True freshman, graded out at 82.4. Tyler Linderbaum behind him at 68.5, and Cody Ince at 66.6. People who struggled, Mason Richmond, 21.6. He played every single snap at the left tackle position. That, to me, says he is locked in there. They like what they are seeing, but he did struggle. He is going to improve. Nick DeJong had a 40.3. He also struggled. Again, this defensive line for Iowa State's good. Jack Plum had a 23. They didn't play that many snaps, 
but there was one sack in particular and just blew right around him, taking him down. Anyone who's listened to the show knows I have not been a big fan of Jack Plum's play. Against Indiana, he got him for nine snaps, allowed one pressure. Against Iowa State, gets him for eight or nine snaps, allows a sack. He is not showing it on the field. He is not putting that you know the what he's doing off the field and practice into the game. He is struggling in the game, and that's why we're not going to see Jack Plum going forward as much, in my personal opinion. They're still figuring out this line, but Jack Plum is not doing himself any favors. Now, Nick Jong, again, Mason Richmond, they struggled as well. Jong allowed four, four pressures. Richmond allowed three. A lot of work to be done here. Spencer is getting some time, though. 2.99 seconds to throw against Iowa State. The problem is the wide receivers are not going out and creating separation consistently. That's why we're not getting them the ball. Also, Spencer has not found a lot of success throwing to the hash, past the hashes. Just in the center of the field is where he's found a lot of his success. And he's been trying to really get into Sam Laporta, who's also been struggling or struggled against Iowa State. Iowa's wide receivers, 88th in receiving grade. That's not good. That's bottom third material. Receiving grade accounts for your routes ran. If you created separation, were you open? It basically takes out the factor of whether or not you caught the ball. It's just, was your route a good route, and did you actually make separation? About the easiest way to say they didn't. Also, Iowa State, 26 in the nation in coverage grade. So that is a strong opponent. And again, going back to pass blocking and how bad Iowa has been, 11th worst pass blocking grade in the nation at 34.3. The 10 teams in front of them have only five wins combined. That's not good. The fact that Iowa took down two top 25 teams with a pass blocking grade that terrible and a quarterback who cannot move at all. Spencer Petrus, he's a freaking stick back there, a tree. Nate Stanley was not a very mobile guy, but he was able to get out of the pocket and run if he needed to. Spencer Petrus, I did like what I saw from him. He tried running a couple times which is more than we saw last year. But nevertheless, he still struggles with his pocket presence, still struggles with knowing when to step up and when to scramble. And when he does scramble, doesn't really have a plan. Heck, one of the plays he ran right to Tyler Linderbaum, Tyler Linderbaum grabs him and says, we're going this way, buddy. So again, a lot to improve here. Looking at the receiving grade, Tyrone Tracy, Nico Regani, not good. Tyrone graded out of 53.2, Nico at 52.7. We didn't see Arlen Bruce or Keegan Johnson in receiving snaps. Jackson Ritter did get six receiving snaps, so that's kind of interesting to see how that dev chart's playing out. They did get some snaps, but just not in receiving or in a passing down. Keegan Johnson getting six, Arlen Bruce getting two. Sam Laporta, a 51.7 receiving grade. This is supposed to be our all Big Ten tight end. Six targets, only one reception and one drop. Again, we're not doing Spencer Peters any favors. Coming up on segment two, I do or segment three, I, excuse me. I want to get into Spencer Petrus a little bit more and talk a little bit about why he didn't have as bad of a game as we think he did, and then also talk about Iowa and what and where they stand at in this Big Ten. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. They are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the on the field to start another football season. As always, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for the pro and college bowl action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign today to receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. 
From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Again, BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Before we took a break, I was talking a little bit about the offense. I want to talk about Spencer Petras. That is an area that people are very concerned about. A couple things. Kirk ain't making a change. If he wanted to make a change, he would make a change. If he really wanted to make a change, he'd make it in these next two weeks especially. I don't foresee that happening. Spencer's playing the game the way he's asked to play it. Again, there are things he needs to improve on. I think he's locking into his first read. He also doesn't have great pocket awareness. Things that you would expect him to have, but he doesn't. However, analytics say he's not doing too bad. Had a 72.3 overall grade. The best on the offense side of the ball. Two drops, great. If he gets those, his adjusted completion percentage is 65%. He was pressured 10 times, did get sacked four times. And there, especially that first quarter, he needed to take some, take some heat off it. He gets so antsy in the first quarter. Second quarter, though, if we can get the play we got in the second quarter for Spencer Petrus throughout the entirety of a game, this offense is going to be awesome to watch. Again, the improvement areas, needs to feel the pressure better. He's being very cautious, almost too cautious. He can't get off his first read, but a beautiful throw to Charlie Jones. Take some, win some, lose some. Let's get into it, though. Iowa, the AP poll came out, ranked fifth in the nation, which is awesome. Love the notoriety and the recognition that Iowa is getting. As Iowa fans, we do need to be rooting for the success of Iowa State and Indiana. Them doing well makes Iowa's wins look even better. Now, the fact they're already up to fifth is going to be good regardless as long as they can win out. But still, Iowa State doing well, Indiana doing well, that looks good for Iowa now that they have beat them. I expect them to go 4-0 getting into that Maryland game. There's a very good chance they are 5-0 going into a game against a ranked Penn State team. Top 10 ranked Penn State? At Kinnick. How fun would that be? Apologies there. Had to take a quick cough break. Didn't want y'all to hear that, so I muted myself. But again, and with Oregon State or with Oregon beating Ohio State, Iowa is now the front runner in the Big Ten Conference. Ohio State's going to be good. Once they figure out the quarterback play, they are going to be a lot better. CJ Stroud has been inconsistent. He's putting up good numbers, but has been inconsistent. Ohio State's defense has been not good. And I do expect Ohio State to improve, but there are weaknesses with this team. You look at the rest of the conference, we don't really know what to expect from them. Michigan beats a not a really great Washington team. Indiana beats a bad Idaho team. Maryland beats Howard. Wisconsin beats Eastern Michigan. Nebraska beats Buffalo. Okay. Penn State beats Ball State. Purdue beats UConn. Rutgers beats Syracuse barely. Minnesota barely beats Miami. Michigan State beats Youngtown, Youngstown State. And Northwestern beats Indiana State. Illinois falls to Virginia. We didn't learn a lot this weekend from the Big Ten except for the fact that Ohio State is not the same Ohio State as we have expected in the past, and Iowa is a team to be reckoned with. Now, they have some really tough games in their schedule. This is not going to be a cakewalk, but if their defense can play the way they've been playing and their offense can just be marginally better, get to average, this is a team that a lot of people are starting to recognize as a team that will be potentially a college ball playoff contender. We are two games in, and people are talking about the college ball playoffs for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's, that's all we can ask for at this point. We got to go out and take care of business. We got to take care of business against a Kent State team and a Colorado State team. 
get to Maryland, again, take care of business on the road against a not very good Big Ten team, and you get Penn State at home. The scariest game, Wisconsin on the road. But at this point, Iowa's in the driver's seat. This is not like 2015 where Iowa was struggling to get recognition, struggling to get any sort of care in the world from national media. They got it. They are here. They are on the map, and all they have to do is take care of business from here on out, and I'm excited about that. This offensive line needs to improve. Spencer Petras needs to make some better decisions. But overall, we, there's a lot to like from Iowa at this point in the season. Now having two cupcake games. Now that they have survived the two tough games and actually thrived and crushed those teams, they now get two cupcake games. No team has had a harder start to the season other than Iowa. Let's get those two cupcake games. Let's get some W's. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk with this Iowa football team all season. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be breaking down what Kirk Ferentz has to say in his media conference, talking a little bit more about basketball, Josh Dix committing, what does that mean for the Iowa basketball team, and who could possibly be next. We'll be talking about all that on the show tomorrow. And maybe give you something special. We'll talk about some more stuff as well. But those are be the two highlights of the show tomorrow. Again, if you haven't listened to our breakdown with LaShawn Daniels, please make sure to do that as well. And you can follow us on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast at, make sure to subscribe. If you are liking the show, let me know. Give us that five-star review. Give us that thumbs up on, on YouTube, whatever it may be. We appreciate the love and the support. And if you want to listen to some more Locked On content, betting on your team does not have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast app. And that will do it for our show today, Hawkeye Nation. I appreciate you tuning in. Have a phenomenal Tuesday, an even better week. We'll be back tomorrow, and let's go Hawks.